Oscar, I know you love to participate in card tournaments. Um, do you want to participate in a new one? Sure. What is it? It's called Dice Throne. It's a fight to the death. Okay, yeah, that's really putting it off. <laughs> so maybe not really a fight to the death, but that's the storyline behind this combat um, dice game that we're going to look at today. to Board with Family Games. I'm your host, Justin. And I'm your host, Oscar. And every couple of weeks, we come to bring you a board game that we love to play together as a family and share it with you so that you can play it with your family and friends. For more information on our podcast and to find past episodes, please don't hesitate to visit boardwithfamilygames.com. That's B-O-A-R-D with familygames.com. Where you can find past episodes, links to the games or to buy the games that we um highlight here on the show, and other information about board games. So today, we're um, talking about Dice Throne by Roxley Games. Um, Tell us a little bit about this, Oscar. Well, you're this character, and you're fighting another character or other characters, and whoever is the last one standing wins. So it's a basic tournament setup um, for... Our purposes, you know, it's a great two-player game, and we talk a lot about on this show. All, our previous episodes talk a lot about how we play this as a game or family with three players, or ha- play different games that may, might do better with more players. But this is great for being a two-player game. Um, what what makes two-player games special? Why why do we keep saying that these other games we are playing, even though they say two to four players or whatever? Why why don't they seem quite the same as this a two-player game? Because they work with two players, but when they're not made for two players, it just doesn't have the same work done in on it. Because when you make it for more for two, like through four, it's normally going to be through like three or four because you're testing it, and when you're testing it, you're normally not going to be testing it with two players. You'll know it works, but you. Also know that it won't be as good. Yeah, so these two-player games typically, or these other games typically don't do as well with two-player, but this is a game designed for um, two players. It can actually go up to six, but um, its foundation is two. Um, and so we're excited to share this with you because families, sometimes you need just two people to be able to play instead of um, trying to gather a bunch of people together. And so sharing some two-player games is a goal that we've had for you. So... Um, sit back, listen to a word from our sponsor, and we will come back to describe Dice Throne by Roxley Games. We would love for you to sponsor us. So if you're interested in board games, please sponsor us. And we'll be trying to probably sell some board games for anyone who's interested in them. And just contact us at our website, Board with Family Games. That's B O A R D with familygames.com. And just contact us and. Sponsorships would include an ad spot right here on our pod- podcast every week. We'd love to have you join us. Yeah. 
So in a lot of ways, um, Dice Throne reminds me of a competitive trading card game like Pokemon or Magic the Gathering in that you have your tools and you're using them to battle another person. Except in this case, it's not a building game like Pokemon or Magic the Gathering. Instead, you have a set group of dice and um, cards. cards that you're using to win. So the goal is simple. It is to kill the other player. Um, as we said, this is a two-player game, but how can more players play? Well, if you have more players, you're just choosing who you're attacking with your attack. Or there's a few attacks that will attack everyone except for you. Okay, so you can... Um, add more players in and different people are attacking. You can team up. So there's different ways to do that. But in the end, it's all about rolling dice, right? Yeah. The best description I've seen for this is um, combat Yahtzee. And there's a lot of comparisons. If you've played Yahtzee, you'll understand as we describe this a little bit. So the core attack in the game is going to be your rolls. And you'll have a set of different uh, roll objectives that you can go with um, that will help you achieve an attack. What about the cards? How do the cards come into play, Oscar? So they can change your roll, make you more likely to get rolls, or if you get the roll, make it stronger. Or they could just have another effect that helps you in some other way. All right, so basically you're rolling your die to do an attack, and then you've got these cards that can help you do a better attack, right? Yeah. All right, so why don't you explain to us what how this product looks, what you're seeing in a box. In a box, you have two characters. And if you want more characters for more variety or just more people, you need to buy more boxes and those will have more characters. Okay, so there's 16 characters total. Yeah. But if, you, if you're just getting started, you can buy one of these boxes and it comes with two and you're ready to play with two people, right? Yeah. Great. For... A character, you have a character board, which describes all your attacks. And and, um, and it also describes what kind of roles you need to get an attack, right? Yes. Okay. For your leaf, you have a leaflet with that has your tokens and describes what they do for you. So each character has these different tokens and abilities and so you've got all laid out there for you yeah there's some slight overlapping but not much you have a bunch of cards you shuffle those those give you your special extra effects you have a special card that tells you the order of your turn which is great because especially as you're learning you can forget what you need to do right yeah you have a little combat counter and you need to spend points on it to play a card. You have a health dial that shows how much health you have. And you have five dice, which allow you to attack. But if you get unlucky, you can hit zero. Oh, so you got all these things coming together. You have basically everything you need to play the game as soon as you um open the box you've got the or you've got everything you need to play for two players right off the bat for diversity the characters are very diverse in that they're all very um do different things but as racial and ethnic diversity it's very lacking a lot of white characters good representation male and female but unfortunately some of the characters fit into stereotypes and i wish that the mentors had tried a little bit harder and thought more about this
how difficult is this game to set up and get going? Oh, it's actually not hard at all. All you have to do is dial your health counter to the right health, dial your CP counter to the right CP. That's combat points, right? Yeah, combat points. Put your little tokens on their specified place on the leaflet, shuffle your cards, and draw four. Open your player board, character board, and then you're set up and you're ready to start. Oh, I almost forgot. You have to roll a die to see who goes first. Okay, so it's a quick setup. It doesn't take long. You can be playing within um, five, ten minutes. Yeah. And um, talk through a turn. So obviously the goal is to kill your opponent, but how do you get there? What do you do? So first is the upkeep phase. So a lot of negative tokens will take place in the upkeep phase. So if you're poisoned, if somebody inflicted poison on you in a previous turn, you'll take one damage at the, or during the upkeep phase. Yes, that is a great example of a negative token in the, that takes place in the passive upkeep phase. Okay, so after that, what happens? Then you have the income phase where you gain a CP and you draw a card. Okay, so we've mentioned these cards. What do the cards say? Give us a couple examples of what types of things you would have to do on a, or a card would do for you. So there's one that would take one of your dice and make it the value of any dice you have exactly. There's another one where you ha get whatever number you want. And there's one that does two dice that do whatever number you want. Okay, and they can all be used at different points in the um, game. And yeah. they cost CP to use. So there'll be a little number. I'll tell you how many CP it is. And if you have that much CP, you can use that card. If you don't, you can't. Okay, so you spend that CP and you're good. So um, after you've earned your or taken your card, earned your um, CP, what do you do next? Then you have main phase. After you can play any of your main phase cards, that's a number of cards. That's where you can upgrade stuff. Okay, so what's an example? How, how, how do you upgrade something? So you spend the CP, and then you upgrade your attack from whatever the attack is to whatever the attack is two or whatever the attack is three. And occasionally under it, there'll be a little a smaller attack. And so all these attacks make you a little bit more powerful, a little bit easier to hit your rolls sometimes, so so that it's a, um, you have a backup plan if you didn't get the main role you were looking for, right? Yeah, and, well, as you said, it makes your attacks a little more powerful. Then you have the offensive roll phase, which is where you roll to try to hit the needed values okay so or really symbols normally okay so describe this what does it um what's an example of how you're going to do it you're looking at that tactician which is one of or not one of you it's your favorite character yeah how does how do how do you hit um on the offensive roll phase so you can roll it you can roll up to five dice three times so exactly like yahtzee you roll five dice and keep you, the ones you want and re-roll the rest. Okay. So let's say I want Saber Strike. Mm -hmm. Now that has three possibilities. Three Sabers, four Sabers, five Sabers. Okay, and so on your dice, it's not just numbers. 
you have little symbols like right below the numbers. Okay. And that's normally what you want, not the numbers, unless you're going for the straight, which if any of you have ever played something like Yahtzee, require the numbers, not the symbols. Okay, so um, every dice has a one, and that one is a saber on the tactician, and every six is a, a metal. metal. Okay. So I roll once. Let's say I get two sabers, a flag, and two medals. Mm -hmm. Then I, I could keep the two sabers and re-roll the rest. Then let's say I get three more sabers. That's all I can get. That's the best I can get for saber strike. So I get I would take that and hit my opponent for six defendable damage. Okay, and you said defendable, which means that I can then, as your opponent, do a roll of my defense. Every character has a little um, green, green box that mm -hmm. is the defense, and it'll have effects like prevent one damage for each flag you get, or Gain one token for each medal you get. Yep, so you're you're rolling, you're trying to defend, you might do a little damage on that. What happens if it's undefendable damage? There's lots of undefendable attacks. What happens then? Then you just skip the defense, and they just take the damage. All right, so it doesn't mean that nothing can happen, necessarily. Undefendable doesn't mean it's completely impossible to avoid, but by and large, you're not using your primary defense, right? Yeah. Okay, so you hit me, I defend... I've taken my damage. What's next? Then you have the main phase two, which is where if you, let's say we're holding off to see if you needed to spend CP for a roll phase card. Instead of upgrading something, you could upgrade something. Okay, so you get a, you get a second chance. Um, you can then discard some cards. You can sell cards, too, to get an extra CP if you need them. Yeah, and then you have the discard phase, which if you're... If you have more than six cards, you have to sell down to six, and each card you sell is a CP. So that's your basic play, and you just keep doing this back and forth until somebody's dead, huh? Yeah. Visit BOARDWithFamilyGames.com for more information on this and other games. Overall, this isn't too complex of a game. All of the characters play fairly similar, wouldn't you agree, Oscar? Yeah. I mean, some have more symbols on the dice, which all which make them slightly harder to play. But other than that, they're basically the same. They just have different tokens and attacks. Yeah, and there's actually a complexity marker on or that comes with it to tell you how complex the character is to play. Basically, what happens is if you um, have or if there are four symbols total in the or that you're rolling for, it's harder because they're fewer things to hit, whereas if you have one that has three, um, it's more easy to get the symbols you need. So that's kind of how the complexity goes. I will say there is a fair amount of luck in this game, both between the rolling you're doing and the um, cards that you're drawing. Yeah. I mean, you can have a round where you have nothing but cards for the roll phase, and then you can't... And then all you can get is main phase cards and you can't modify your rolls. So whatever happens, it's, you know, you can have luck based on what you're pulling up. And there's not a lot of way to manage your deck. You're just pulling what you're pulling. Um, there is, certainly it's helpful to start learning some statistics. So for Oscar, this has been good. You know, you learning how the best 
ways to go, what's the most likely to bring up the role. So the better you understand the um, odds, that'll help you do better in the game. Um, this is a competitive game. It is uh, two people fighting each other again to the death. So what would you say, buddy? How um, how difficult is this on a family dynamic? Well, for family strife, it's not very strifeful. You may think, wow, this would be really strifeful. It's not. It's really just more frustrating because so, I found personally that I personally think that some that it's not uncommon for someone to have bad luck and someone to have good luck. And that's just really frustrating for the person with bad luck. But really... But the person with good luck's not as frustrated. Yeah. But it's never been really strifeful. Yeah, and, you know, we just played a game before we did this, and I destroyed Oscar. I don't know how they <laughs> made a character that powerful and thought it was okay. I don't know that it was that the character was that pow- powerful. I think it was a lot of luck. I got very fortunate in what I was doing, and um, Oscar was not. So. It could be difficult from that sense. As we mentioned, this is a great two-player game out of the box. You can get it. Two people play. Um, over time, if you decide, if you have more people and you want to buy more, you can certainly ramp it up to that three, four, five, or six players. But in the end, most of the time, we're pulling it out to play two players against each other. Um, for storage and protection, there is a... Um, you know, special box that'll contain yeah. everything. Yep. So each so character cool. has its own little box. It, everything fits nicely. I we have sleeved every dice throne character we have. We um you know we certainly have wanted to do that. So I, and I would recommend sleeving those up. Um, what about expansions, Oscar? There's one expansion that is dice throne's dice throne adventures. It adds more storyline to it and. It's, cooperative yep so that's something maybe we'll look at in a future episode it is actually takes this these characters and puts them into a cooperative game where you're fighting monsters instead of fighting each other and you're trying to fight to the mad king and kill him so and so that's a fun thing you can do with this um also expansion wise just for natural variation the more characters you buy the more variation that you can add so you know we have a lot of the characters i think we might have all of them um, we didn't get them all at once. We got a couple, played them, then added a couple more in, and that's just kind of how we got our collection of characters together. So, Oscar, overall, what would you say for Dice Throne? I would recommend this. It's a great game. You should play it. Yeah, we, you know, it comes out pretty regularly for us, so especially when it's just Oscar and me or just Oscar and his mother. It's a great way to, um, pull out a game and be able to play two players just um, for 30 minutes or an hour, or if you're um, going best two out of three, a little longer. So you can, it's a great way to get in and go. I certainly recommend it for everybody that wants to get into something to player. Thank you so much for joining us for our review of Dice Throne by Roxley Games. You can find more about this game and others at our website, boardwithfamilygames.com. That's B-O-A-R-D with familygames.com. At that site, you can find links to um, other podcast or other episodes of our podcast, to the games themselves, and some of the things we like to use while playing the game, such as dice trays for rolling dice, which we always pull out when we're playing Dice Throne. 
I don't know how people play without those. Yep. If it doesn't land in the dice tray, it doesn't count. So, you know, we check those sorts of things out. Um, leave us a message and, um, you know, please, as always, review us on um, wherever you're getting your podcast and follow us so that you can get more episodes like this about the games we love to play. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host, Justin. And I'm your host, Oscar. Bye.